What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Second Stringers NBA podcast. Through the summer, through the regular season, and through the playoffs, here we are at the NBA Finals. These playoffs gifted us with some upsets, some surprises, some predictable results, a pair of Game 7s. But at the end, here we are, Warriors versus Cavaliers. What is your reaction to this, Sean? (laughs) Man, (laughs) yeah, it did give us all this. The predictable outcome you mentioned, this is it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It all happened the way we thought it would, and it's going to continue to do that. But we can get more into that later. Those those conference finals games were awesome. I'm just stoked to be a basketball fan right now, and... It, it's all good, man. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm ready for these thing, for this NBA Finals to start. I am as well. Those pair of Game 7s were definitely a, a gift from the basketball gods to us fans and players. They were, it was a great, and we'll, it was a great, those, those were great games, and we'll break those down. But first, I want to rewind back to the summertime because it was a big summer for the NBA offseason. We had a lot of superstars exchanging conferences and going to different teams. Trades that seemed horrible, but actually ended up being pretty good. Thinking Indiana Pacers and Victor Autolipo, um, a disgruntled star, got sent to OKC to form a big three there. Minnesota got their NBA superstar veteran that they needed. But after through it all, there was only one player right now out of all those trades that occurred during that summer that is actually headed to the NBA Finals. Just one alone. Can you guess who that player is, Sean? Hmm. So, yeah, I saw the question in the notes, and I, I've been low-key thinking about it for, <laughs> like, the last half hour. And I, man, even even kind of, like, having this extra time to think about it, I can't think of who it could be. Because <laughs> in the Kyrie trade, you had Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas, who would be on the Cavs, but neither of them are on the Cavs. Mm-mm. And then all the other, all those other blockbuster trades that happened were not involving either of these teams. Ah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. I don't even know. Is it <laughs> <laughs> what? Who is even traded? I don't know. It's got to be. Like, all right, do you fold? Uh, I fold, dude. I have no idea. It's a man by the name of Anti Sizik. What? He, yep. He's on the team. He's oh, still on he the Cavaliers. He was in that oh, Kyrie Irving trade, gosh. and he was the only one that was not blown up by the Woj bomb and sent ship somewhere else. <laughs> he remained a Cavalier, a, and as a result, he's, on the team. he's still on the roster. And as a result, what out of all the movement that occurred, he's <laughs> the only one that ended up going to the NBA Finals right now. Wow. Well played. I... <sighs> completely forgot that he was even part of that trade <laughs> and he might be a, a big asset you never know maybe tyron Lou will throw yeah, him out there and, <laughs> and wrestle with some of these warriors i mean desperate times might call for desperate measures right no <laughs> not that <desperate. laughs> man yeah. has he has he even played this season at all um i mean he's played this season garbage time i'd have to assume I don't think we've seen him in the playoffs at all, considering just there's no way the, they have needed every little um, ounce of talent they could possibly put on the floor this this playoff run. But anyways, um, we'll break that down a little bit further later. But first, let's start with the weirdest story that's going around the NBA right now, and this is regarding general manager of the 76ers, Brian Cole Angelo, and his mm. Twitter fiasco. At least Twitter is just blowing up everywhere. 
um, about in the NBA we, that started with Kevin Durant, and now it's infecting even general managers. Did you get a chance to check this out, Sean? What is your, your first reaction to all this? Um, utter confusion. <laughs> I I mean, I don't know if this is like over my head or anything. I mean, the only Twitter account I have is, is our old Dwight Chocolate Twitter account. <laughs> That's what I use to check Twitter. Uh, we have like yeah. we have like two followers, but <laughs> I yeah I read the Ringer article about it um, that got posted this morning and just exploded. Well, I mean I didn't read the whole yeah. thing; it was really long. Um, yeah, but yeah, it just goes into detail about um, this. Honestly, this like Sherlock Holmes style like investigation <laughs> into Brian Coangelo's Twitter accounts and what could possibly be five fake or maybe four fake accounts that he's been using to criticize NBA players, but also build his own image up and diss on other people and kind of get his own opinion out there without it being him. Yeah. And it's so just, essentially yeah, it's really, it's so confusing. And like now, like everyone's calling for his head and it's, I don't <laughs> Yeah. Can, if you unpack this a little more than I have, I think there's just so much here that's like to look into. Yeah, so the the broader scope of this is is basically this. So if we take it from the first step, a source anonymously um, DM'd uh, the writer of the, from the Ringer um, and basically told them that he used an open source data analysis tool to link five accounts through commonalities, including similarities in who the accounts followed and linguistic quirks, and found extraordinary similarities between five accounts. That this person believes to be linked to Brian Colangelo, the five accounts okay, I need to being. Stop you right there. That <laughs> like the fact that we're using artificial intelligence to like figure out if this guy's using fake Twitter accounts. Like <laughs> that is the most 2018 thing I have ever heard. <laughs> like who I has mean, the this technology is... to do that? Apparently, this guy. So we. So the guy who actually did this linking, we don't know who he is. Um. The writer just of The Ringer, I forget his name. I don't have his name. But um, basically, he wrote this story because he has long been a proponent against Brian Colangelo. And this person knew that. So he felt that he would be the person that would actually write the story. And his name is Ben Ben Detrick, the writer from The Ringer. Mm, okay. um, he was DN'd by this anonymous source who, I guess, has this software or this open source data analysis to, as he calls it, <laughs> to sort of find these link a linkage between all these uh, Twitter accounts to see if there's maybe somebody's ghost Twitter account. I don't know if that's actually what he does. But anyway, somehow he came to the conclusion that these five accounts all seem ex- have extraordinary similarities that they have to be Brian Colangelo's. And he basically DM'd um, Ben here from The Ringer and he went in, into depth and wrote it out um, and did his own investigation to see if this is true or not. And basically the five accounts are Eric Jr., Honest Abe, enough unknown sources, still balling, and Philly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> which has been confirmed by the 76ers to be Brian Colangelo's Twitter account that he uses to sort of just keep up to, to speed with what's going on in the whole Twitter world. And that one's not really too much under fire. The one that the ones that are really under fire is more the Eric Jr., Honest Abe, and Still Balling. These are the accounts that have actually actively uh, tweeted back at beat reporters, tweeted back at fans, um, criticizing NBA players, Joel Embiid, Jahil Okafor, Nolan's Noel, um, debated against people who have called him out and sort of almost 
come to his own defense, um, has also sort of called out some of the rumors going around about why Joel Joel Okafor wasn't being traded back when he was a disgruntled player um, asking for a trade. Um, Also kind of talking about the whole situation that was going on with Markel Fultz. Um, And then the interesting thing here is also how he would directly tweet at reporters and ask and push them to investigate uh, different angles about these players. For example, Markel Fultz, he, he made a push that they investigate his longtime friend slash trainer who, and according to his tweets, messed with his shot and forced him to sort of do these drills where he would lay on the ground and shoot the ball. Um, so if this is true, it could have huge implications in, 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 the, in the case that he's sort of breaking trust with his players and his staff members and really his PR team as a whole on the basically the whole 76ers organization yeah the yeah i remember in the article the thing that was the most like damning evidence i think was from an eric jr tweet is someone like dissed on a picture of coangelo and made fun of his (laughs) collar like his shirt collar it's like what other person besides yourself would care if someone was dissing on your shirt collar yeah, and so now, now and, the uh, the question is: is it could be him, but it could also be his wife's Twitter. <laughs> is like what the latest like kind of cop out would be for him is like who's gonna care what your collar looks like? It's gonna be you, or it's gonna be your wife because she's like, oh no, my my husband looks great, you know? Yeah, and so it's possible. That's, that's really like his only out at this point is to out his own wife, which would that would be? <laughs> I don't even know if that might be worse. <laughs> like, I mean, at, at, at this point, he's straight up denying it outside yeah. of the Philly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven account. But honestly, that account is the least damaging. It's Eric Jr. Honest Abe and still ball in the accounts that. Have actually actively maybe even broken HIPAA rules when they because some of them have talked about uh, some of the injuries that some of his own players have had. Um, do so? Do we think that like he's is the reason that he's doing this is because of like some sort of ego thing? Like, oh, it's gotta he be. He just can't stand people talking about like bad things about him or like his team or whatever, and like how Sam Hankey's like a genius and like. He feels like he can make a difference or like change people's minds with some like dummy Twitter account that probably isn't very popular in the first place. Like, yeah, I, just I don't mean, understand he's... why he would do this unless he's just a complete weirdo. Well, that's the thing. It seems like there is no, I mean, it seems like there's no clear motive outside of just using it to actively defend himself or, or actively persuade people to take different angles on certain things things that he can't say publicly as himself he tries to sort of he wants to do it in a ghost way which is why they call it ghost twitter profiles yeah sort of sort of try to tip off people to take different angles on things that are not um so solely pointed at him and then, yeah and it goes back to an ego thing he's out there trying to defend his ego almost in the same way that Kevin Durant was doing and <laughs> yeah we forget sure. I guess yeah. these people are human they they also want to go out there and defend themselves and another interesting point about these Twitter accounts that I forgot to mention is all of them follow the University of Chicago and various University of Chicago basketball players which is where his son his plays son basketball plays, yeah. so either these the, are like Coangelo super fans 
right or it's him <laughs> yeah it's it, so that makes it really odd and like what are the chances that a very very strong 76ers fan also wants to follow a bunch of canadian basketball players and um, <laughs> right. follow the university of chicago basketball yeah, man, if if these guys are such big fans of Coangelo, they Eric Jr., he's got to stand up for him right now, man. He, this is not <laughs> the time to disappear, Eric. You got to come out yeah. here and <laughs> defend your boy right now. Like, where is he at? Where is yeah. he at? He's, so, he's nowhere. <laughs> I guess the thing here, the next question would be, if you were in this man's shoes, what do you do? Do you continue to, do- to deny this or do you just come out? um within an explanation or maybe he is being honest maybe we are there is an extraordinary chance that there are five twitter accounts that don't have many followers and just kind of actively <laughs> like his our big basketball yeah team. and yeah, our I extraordinary honestly, 76er fans <laughs> i feel like what's happening right now like it seems like you don't write a giant article like that and like go through all this evidence and post it and for it not to be true. Like I, the ringer yeah. is a very reputable source and I, I respect them a lot. And I feel like the only reason he's denying it is because he has no idea what to do. Like <laughs> it, say he comes out the next thing, like the next reasonable step is that he has to step down as president. And at that point, he's out of a job. So he's trying to figure out some sort of way to get out of this, like any sort of loophole that he can think of. And him denying it is just prolonging the amount of time that this investigation takes um, until he can figure out, like, what he wants to do or, like, what he can do. Or he's going to come to the conclusion that he can't do anything. And then he's just going to have to resign and be okay with that. So I don't know. It's kind of just buying himself some time, I feel. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. It's only yeah, it's only a matter of time before he's just got to step down. I mean, calling out criticizing players, calling them straight up, even borderline breaking HIPAA rules. I that that's a big. I mean, even if it's not a, some people don't. Maybe the league doesn't come down on him. Just the fact that he's gonna lose trust in his organization. He, you can't fun. Yeah. You can't run. You can't be a. You can't be a productive boss that way. No. Not when you lose that trust. Watch him, so, watch him yeah. sign Sam Hinkie as president after after he steps <laughs> down. <laughs> that would be something. That would be something. Uh, um, well, the, let's, the Twitter world would go crazy. Yeah. I guess this also starts another conversation is how many other people out there could do you think have these ghost Twitter accounts actively lot. defending themselves? There has to be. Like, we already saw it with Kevin Durant too. It's like it's just a matter of like how much you investigated and how careful they are. Obviously, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like Coangelo is very careful with his tweets. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's all it's gonna like the suspicion leads to the investigation. But yeah, I feel like a lot of them have multiple Twitter accounts. But we'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, maybe this anonymous source will continue to use his open source data analysis tool. <laughs> yeah, use his artificial <laughs> intelligence technology to weed out old man's fake Twitter accounts. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how about this? Or The Orlando Magic got themselves a new coach in Steve Clifford uh, for four years. Wow, they inked him for quite a while. I mean, we'll see how long he lasts with that four years. I mean, <laughs> Magic have had five coaches in the last seven years, and I bet they were all on multi-year contracts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Uh, this 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 Steve Clifford is the coach that Dwight Howard has actively come out and said he's one of his favorite coaches of all time. So maybe this is all being set up for a homecoming for Dwight Howard to retire for an Orlando Magic team. That oh wow, that's so poetic. I can't believe. That. <laughs> yeah, I who mean, knows? He, he, I don't uh... even. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the idea though. I think um, if Dwight Howard came back to the Magic, he'd he'd probably be, become the All Star he used to be. Um, <laughs> when uh, I mean, Steve Clifford was the assistant uh, for the Magic under Van, Stan Van Gundy for five years when Dwight mm-hmm. Howard was there. Uh, you know, he spent the last five seasons as coach of the Hornets. Um, he just had back to back thirty six forty six record on the regular season. Uh, not very great, but not really his fault. The team wasn't very good. Not that yeah. he's really inheriting much more with this Orlando Magic team. I mean, yeah. you're, when you're looking at, you got to resign Aaron Gordon now as like your max yep. guy, and Jonathan Isaac is like your guy of the future. That is just, I don't, I don't even know what I'd do with that. Like, I hope they give him some time to figure it out. I mean, if they expect him to just come in and make this a playoff team out of nowhere, they're gonna be sorely disappointed. Oh, yeah. Even in the East, this team has no chance. Uh, I mean, it's up in the air what this team is even going to look like next year. Do they sign Aaron Gordon to a max deal that... They're going to have to. I mean, not maybe not a max, but like a... I, I could see him getting like a four-year, $125 million deal or something stupid. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Anyways... The question would be, would he be among the club of these men right here? The first team, second team, and third team All-NBA players were named. Uh, The first team being LeBron James, no surprise, James Harden, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. But the biggest surprise of all is probably Damian Leonard being named point guard on the first team. What is your reaction to um, this? Yeah, I mean, I think... He had a great season. Like he did. We forget that. Like despite them getting swept by the Pelicans in the first round, they were the third seed in the West, and they went on a tear in the middle of the season. Damian mm-hmm. Lillard's balling out. CJ McCollum was there, and the the dude averaged what I think like twenty six, twenty seven points a game um, over the course of the season. And like he like he was super clutch. Like Dame time was out. Like I remember, we were talking about Damian Lillard multiple weeks in a row. Just like wow, like he's yeah. he's doing it big. And like this is like I was I would say that I at some point I was like if I had to make a shot in the clutch time, like Damian Lillard might be my number one option because he was playing so well. Um, yeah, but it's hard to like put him as the first team when you had a guy yeah. that averaged a triple double. But, That's what I was uh, going to bring up. Yeah, I don't, I don't Russell know. Russell Westbrook. It, it's not. I think it's closer than most people would think. Yeah, yeah. Russell Westbrook snubbed out, and I think part of it, the third, the whole third seed, probably did come into consideration here. And mm-hmm. honestly, Russell Russell Westbrook, I, I feel, does have some enemies in the media as well. And Damian Leonard has always been the more low key guy, so maybe we got some little bit of favorite votes there. And probably yeah. it ended up being a lot closer than we think it was um, in terms of who got that last spot. But um, everything else kind of makes sense to me. Steph Curry, third team, you can make the argument he should have been first or second team. Definitely has the talent to do it. But he did miss all that a good string of games in the middle of the season and as well as closer to the end there. Um, so 
Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid breaking into the second and third team there. Joel Embiid being a guy I'm surprised we thought was going to at least miss at some point, maybe even 15 to 20 games, but mm-hmm. he managed to play most he of the it. season and got himself into that second team. Yeah, so I, I can tell you exactly how many points, like all NBA points that Russ and Damian got. Uh, it's basically okay. so if you get a first team vote, is five points, second team, three points, third team, one point, and there was 100, like, I guess, I don't know, units available. So, like, if you okay. got 100 first-team votes, you got 500 points. Um, Damian okay. Lillard actually finished with 432 points, and Russ only finished with 322. Ooh. So it's a pretty considerable gap between the two yeah. guys. Yeah, Damian Lillard had 71 first-place votes. Russ only had 24. That's interesting. Yeah, so yeah, it's I mean, a lot, not as close as we thought it would be. Yeah, I seriously thought that gap was going to be maybe 20 points maybe even less than that yeah it was it was very close and um or it was not very close yeah (laughs) sorry i was looking at another one where i was like oh steph curry was only one point away from making the second team from demar Derozan." Mm, but interesting yeah so they're the all these guys were obviously in the playoffs this year Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make you guess which was the guy that got the most points that didn't make the playoffs this year. Oh, but he's obviously not on this list, right? He's not on the list, but he got the most points for an All NBA team. But didn't make the playoffs. But didn't make the playoffs Be- because of his team or because of injury? Uh, because the team didn't make it. Okay, because I was gonna say Demarcus yeah. Cousins. <laughs> okay, yeah, nope, no, yeah, Demarcus Cousins. He. Is he even on this list? He might not have gotten uh, he any got, votes. He got just one could... point. He got one point. <laughs> so he got one third place oh, vote. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, he missed basically a good, what, 30% of the Half season? The season, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Let's see. Let's. I'm trying to think. Who could have popped? Oh, um, Vucevic. Not Vucevic. Mm, no. Jokic. Yep. Yeah. Jokic. Yep, you got it. Yeah, it had to have been Jokic. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely Jokic. Uh, 28 points. So not very many. Um, but I mean, yeah, for being the best non-playoff team guy, not bad. Surprised there because I was gonna say I'm, I'm surprised that Lamarcus Aldridge is in here. I'm just not much of. I'm a not surprised, Lam- dude. That's I, he carried the team, man. Kawhi wasn't there the whole year. He he went back to his all-star form. He did. He was an all-star. Joe Kick was not. Was he an all-star this mm, year? I already forgot no, about that. I don't think so. No, he wasn't. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit suspicious of Lamarcus Aldridge and Paul George being on this list. Paul George, uh, hmm, I don't. Yeah, that's tough. I, I I think Lamarcus deserves it. Paul George, maybe not. Yeah. I, who like okay? Let's see who else could have gotten some votes. We have um, Chris Paul was the first snub. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it has to be a forward, honestly. Um, so yeah, the first that, forward that... available would be Ben Simmons. Uh, would be like the replacement or Al Horford maybe even too. Would you not put Joe kick in there? I mean, Joe kick is more of a center. So he, is that how they're doing this? Yeah. There's two guards, two forwards in the center for each. Okay. So they, I thought they got rid of the center thing. Like they did the all-stars. No. Yeah. No, it's um, still positional, but not like it doesn't have to be like point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, got it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if it's not Paul George, it's Ben Simmons. 
and I, I don't know if he deserves that quite yet. Yeah. I don't, I mean, third seed in the East made it to the second round. Yeah, but that, that's why Joel Embiid is uh, on the All-NBA second team. I see. Yeah. I see. I don't know. You could debate it for sure, but yeah, I think, I mean, Paul George is still a third team caliber player. Like, even though, mm-hmm. like, he didn't ever really figure it out with the Thunder. Yeah, I think I would have put either my boy Joe Ingles in there oh. or Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Kuz. Kuz. What about, what about, um, oh, crap. No, no one on the Clippers deserves it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I already forgot that guy's name. What was his name again? Which guy? Uh, you talking about Bobby? Yes, that guy. How did I forget his name? <laughs> yeah, Bobin. Dude, Bobin. Man, Bobin. Bobin Marjanovic. The yeah. Orc. Um, nah, he, I forgot all these for sure. names. I would. I know. We'll remember them all once the season starts again. The Clippers yeah. Instagram has been doing this thing where they like compare Bobin's hands to like normal objects, as that's <laughs> like what the Clippers do when they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Just make the interns get creative with all yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, no, they're having a great time. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of pathetic, but yeah, <laughs> that's the Clippers for you. Yeah, well, the Lakers don't have much going on on their Instagram. They just do community service and stuff <laughs> like that. Wow, what upstanding <laughs> citizens you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, let's dig into the people who are in the playoffs and those who just got eliminated and just went fishing. Uh, the first one was at Game 7 with the Cavaliers and the Celtics, and the Cavaliers come out on top to take that Eastern Conference title. I mean, honestly, I did not think this was going to happen. I had it in the back of my mind that it's very possible, but all signs seemed the point that the Celtics were going to take this home with no Kevin Love out there for the Cavaliers, um, a full healthy squad for the Celtics. I mean, I mean actually, never take that back. Stretch. Let me take that back. I meant the full playoff squad was nice yeah. and healthy. They were at home. They hadn't lost at home at all the entire postseason up until this point. So signs seemed to point to it, but LeBron James was able to put this team on his back, <laughs> literally almost played the entire game. Oh, he did play all 48 minutes in game seven, 46 minutes in game six. Um, and went out there and scored over 35 points to get to get this to get this win for his team and with some nice contributions from Jeff Green who took that starting spot from Kevin Love but that was a that was a um very very physical game 7 and very um nasty basketball I want to say very little low score I think they were both teams were still in the 50s like midway through the third quarter yeah it was very low scoring, very gritty. had had the game seven energy that you want to yeah. see, and it it was finally close. Like this this series, yeah. this whole series is like just a blowout one way or the other. There have been no lead changes like ever, but this was finally yeah. the game where everyone just came to play and like gave it their all out there, even if they didn't have a good offensive night. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the only reason that the Celtics did not win their final home game is because LeBron James in Game 7 is just stupid. Like, if, if, yeah. if LeBron can somehow get the Warriors to Game 7, they'll win the series. But it's not going to happen. But that's just how good he is in Game 7, though. He just he manhandled that game. 
Like, despite it oh, being yeah. close, He's... like, it, you kind of had a feeling that, like, LeBron was just not going to let Jason Tatum in his rookie year get the better of him. Even though he did have that really sick dunk over LeBron, <laughs> where, like, the one-handed dunk, he, like, got it around his hand, and then he, like, ch- he, like bumped into LeBron afterwards. I liked that a yeah. lot. That was really oh, yeah. cool. Like, that... rookie's showing some grit out here. Yeah, I had a pause because I was like, oh, my gosh, is this it? Is this the play that's going to be replayed over and over as that moment in NBA history where there was, like, this changing of the guard? Because if you remember (laughs) the Cavaliers, that dunk initiated a run for the Celtics, and it looked like they were going to come back and take the lead in this game um, after that. But obviously, LeBron James came back and responded instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They responded instantly. (laughs) But when that play happened, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is the play that's going to be replayed as that changing of the guard the moment the Celtics looked like they were down and they came back, beat the Cavaliers, and went to the NBA Finals. And we never saw LeBron James in an NBA Final again. But that was not the case. But nope. Still the king. And long may he reign. Man. What do you put up? Like 35, 10, and 9, I think, this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe more. He, no, he had like 15 rebounds. and But he only had 9 assists because in the first half he only had 2. Because his team was sucking so bad. He was hitting them oh. for open shots all over the place. And they just couldn't hit anything. Like, this game should yeah. not have been as close as it was because the shooting was so atrocious. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing at the start. The Celtics, I mean, both teams were missing shots, and it, it was pretty evident that both sides were nervous um, and had some anxiety going. But, um, yeah, George Hill missed, like, a wide-open layup as well at some yeah, point in that yeah. first quarter. But anyways, but then the Celtics figured things out. They went to their defense, to Al Horford. They went down to, um, yeah, to Jason Tatum hit a shot, and it looked like this was slowly going to turn into a blowout. On the, for the Celtics blowing out the Cavaliers, but LeBron yeah. James slowly chipped back away, and some people <laughs> started hitting some shots. Um, Tristan Thompson had some great uh, offensive rebounds to give the, yeah. the Cavaliers some second-chance opportunities. Um, and then in that second half, Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier were just nowhere to be seen. Oh. Uh, Jalen Brown going 5 for 15 with only 13 points and 6 rebounds. Terry Rozier, 4 points. After averaging 16 points, points this entire postseason, they needed Terry, they Terry needed them scared. they needed them to be big. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because Terry Rozier was a home player the entire playoffs. Like he only yep. played well at home, and then he played really well in Game Six on the road. It was really the only Celtic that was playing well in that game. And then in Game Seven, he just totally disappears. I I don't know what happened to him. I I guess it is just youth and inexperience is what you can chalk mm-hmm. this up to the Celtics didn't have a guy that could close the game. Like they played really well through three quarters and like in their defense, like they, yeah, they've just never been in this moment before, but that's really what the difference was. Like Jason Tatum, rookie Jalen Brown, second year was not like, was not the guy last year either. He had Isaiah Thomas there, Terry Rozier just Mm -hmm. coming up into that starting role. None of these guys knew how to close a game seven. And there, there is an art to it. I think, I think there is a certain way you have to play. Like, I don't know, some sort of mentality. Maybe I'm not, I don't know. I'm sure you can ask LeBron. LeBron's the guy that would understand (laughs) this better than anybody, but yeah, no Kyrie, no Hayward. You need the star power to close out these types of, like intense playoff games and they, they just didn't have it this year. And that's really all it came down to. And they threw everything yeah. they had at the Cavs. And, you know, I, I think, 
I'd be really proud of myself still if I was a Celtics, even getting this yeah, kind close, of given everything that happened. Yeah, I, I kind of figured at the end of the day that that was going to come back. Um, they just don't have the offensive weapons. Not that the Cavaliers have either outside have of just well, John LeBron <laughs> James. Like he's such yeah. an outlier. He's just such an outlier on that team and the Celtics team. So, yeah, I mean, it really did come down to his contributions and his ability to just get baskets and put guys in the right in the right positions. And not, I mean, we got to also give some credit to Jeff Green's defense and mm-hmm. Tristan yeah. Thompson also making it tough for Al Horford. I mean, Tristan Thompson was a guy who. We almost thought we weren't going to see in the playoffs at all. Um, then Tyron <laughs> Lue just decided to flip the coin on him and give, give him some minutes. And slowly but surely, he's been able to find his groove again and, and was great in this series and played his best game to par, I think, in terms of the effort and the energy he brought out there in Game 7. Yeah, definitely. I think it was huge. I, I It was a huge resurgence for Tristan Thompson that is mm-hmm. such a big thing for them. He has all the playoff experience. He's been here with LeBron all these years. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. Larry Nance just, he doesn't know what he's doing yet. You know, like, you, yeah. can't, you can't put Larry Nance in over Tristan Thompson when you're, when this much is on the line. Um, and hopefully Larry Nance figures it out. He's a talented young player and he was playing well in the regular season, but th- this is the big leagues right now. And you can't, yeah. you can't be trying to figure it out when you're trying to go for an NBA Finals. Um, but on the Celtic side, they're going fishing, but man, do they look so good next year, man. <laughs> you have a team that just made it through to almost the NBA finals, like so close. And what yeah. happens if you add two all-stars to this team next year? Whew. Egos clash and the whole Egos team cl- falls <laughs> apart. <laughs> yeah, Gordon Hayward's giant ego just destroys this team from the inside. Yeah. You're going to, I mean, there's going to be some questions definitely and um, some acceptance of roles here, mainly on Terry, on the side of Terry Rozier. Uh, it's interesting to see what Marcus Smart is willing to do with his new role or where he falls, as well as Jalen Brown um, and even Jason Tatum. These guys are really talented and it'd be interesting to see how they hold, they react to the so the whole situation that Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, they're going to be playing 35 minutes a game, and it's definitely going to cut 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 at the role that they had Are this they year. Are they going to play 35 minutes a game? I That's don't think the plan, do. right? This is like no? when the well, the Warriors. The Warriors have four All Star players. Who are the the Celtics mm-hmm. are going to have four All Star caliber players next year? And you don't think yeah. Brad Stevens is going to make this work? There's just no way. There's no way this does not work. Gore, Gore, they were playing with Kyrie Irving for most of the regular season, and they were kicking ass. True. And they, they were on their way to like sixty wins before he got hurt. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a it's just an acceptance of roles. Like, is Jalen Brown going to be willing to accept the? Because he could potentially be the guy coming off the bench there. Um, it's either going to be him or Jason Tatum. No, nope, if Gordon because starting lineup, dude: Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford. That's it. <laughs> Do you go Who with says that? No. Who says no? That's a small lineup. Kinda, but like, so? <laughs> I think that was their plan going into the season. Is that? Is that is... that this was going to be the lineup that closed the season for them? Once they got Jason Tatum like assimilated into the NBA world, mm-hmm. this is the lineup, man. It's going to work. The Warriors play <sighs> small ball all the time. They... 
they have their Hamptons lineup where Kevin Durant's the tall guy on the floor, you know, the big guy, like Draymond Green, right. the center. Yeah, but those guys are so much better shooters than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, you got... They're all playmakers. I don't know. They're all playmakers. It'll be Gordon interesting. Gordon Hayward's the shooter. Gordon Hayward's the shooter. He is the shooter. He is Irving's the shooter. a good shooter. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, and they're not bad shooters. Tatum and... and uh, Brown aren't bad shooters. Like they can all score from different parts of the floor. They're they're not the same mm-hmm. caliber as Curry and Clay Thompson and Durant, obviously, but they're way younger and they can run a lot harder. I think. I don't know. They're gonna get beat up down low. <laughs> Who cares? We'll see. Who cares? Hmm. I don't be, see that. I can. I can see though. the team. I, I can see that. them closing with that lineup. I can't see them running with these starters though. They're gonna have to keep a no, some Markeith Morris type guy there. No, dude. At the four, you, you throw them all. Throw all those guys. On the, I mean, maybe you can put. Or is it Marcus Morris? I think it's Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris. It's hard yeah. to keep track of him, but <laughs> oh yeah, maybe for certain games you play him at power forward if it's like a big lineup. You can put in Marcus Morris mm-hmm. over Jalen Brown. Whatever, I think that's totally fine. I don't, I don't think Jalen Brown's gonna be humiliated. Like, oh, you, you're not playing me against like a six foot ten power forward. Like, what is this? Yeah, I don't think. And then Marcus Smart, he's gonna put be put in whatever situation, and he's gonna be fine with it. Like, this guy's just mm-hmm. a team player. He's gritty. He's in there for the toughness and just to give you whatever he needs to give you. Like, I think Marcus Smart's a great player for the Celtics. And if Terry Rozier is upset playing second fiddle to Kyrie Irving, <laughs> then you need to get this man out of here. Like, that's a terrible yeah. attitude. It's Kyrie Irving we're talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I mean, they got a good squad next year. They do. How long that stays together, we'll see. But it's going to be interesting. I'm not. Next year, yeah. All the, all the contracts are locked in except for yeah. Greg Monroe, Aaron Baines, and Shane Larkin. Yeah, I'm not willing to jump on the train, though, of saying this is a team we're going to see in consecutive finals moving forward. I am ready to jump on that train. <laughs> and I- I'm saying next year, this team's going to the finals no matter who's in the East. Like, I think this mm. team can beat any team next year. Like, LeBron plus Steph, let's go. I think this team's going to be so good next year. I mean, it's possible. We'll see. I mean, will LeBron James even be in the Eastern Conference next year? If, that's if a, LeBron that's goes a... to the 76ers, I would still take the Celtics. You s- I would over still take Joel Embiid. Yes, over him, Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons, and Embiid. I would, I would still take the Celtics. LeBron James. Yes. There's no way. There, oh, yeah. Dude. There's no way. Yeah, it would happen. You are so excited about this team. You're like on another level. It's making you blind. No, dude. You're, you're <laughs> blind because you're Lakers biased and you don't like the Celtics. <laughs> I, can, I just cannot see this team. I don't know. I'm not willing to, can you to not say that confidently. Team? How can you not I can, see this the team? Is gonna this, team? Can, this team is going to be good. I can. This team is going to be good. It's going to be great. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, second round Eastern Conference. I'm not oh, willing to say they'll be round. consecutive second NBA round, finals. Man, they just went past the second round without the two <laughs> All Stars. Man, you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me they're only gonna make the second round next year? I don't know, man. I I have my doubts in how this whole thing is gonna function. And I mean, I'm not willing to say the Eastern Conference is gonna be completely just wide open next year either. Who knows what moves Bro, are gonna be made? 
<laughs> I mean, and then there's Brad questions Stevens about. Is? Do you know who Brad Stevens is, man? <laughs> Has this man not proven to you he can do no wrong? Yeah. Well, he's not six foot eight, two hundred and fifty pounds, and can suit <laughs> six foot up. nine, two hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard Stephen A. say it enough times. I remember LeBron's exact height and weight. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, we'll see how that unfolds for those guys. They're gonna be good, no, no doubt. But I mean, I remember They're there being be an OKC team that we all were pretty confident we were going to see a matchup between them and the Miami Heat. Billy Donovan, man. Billy Donovan. (laughs) Carmelo Anthony, man. I wasn't even sure about Carmelo Anthony when that trade happened. (laughs) Anyways, let's move on to the series. The series that was actually um, a lot more weighing on, I think, the Warriors. (laughs) Yeah, the the NBA Finals was this. The Warriors (laughs) and the Houston Rockets and somehow the Warriors all luck get all formulated on their side and they walked away with a 4-3 win in that game seven in Houston. Pretty interesting. We were gifted with a pair of game sevens and also the ro- both road teams ended up coming on top. Um, the Rockets were so close. They had that lead up until the third quarter where they just shot an abysmal one for 21 in the second half, including oh. missing 27 straight three pointers in that game seven. They got outscored by 18 in the third quarter. Steph Curry went off for 14 points in that third quarter. Everything just fell apart in that third quarter, and (laughs) they never seemed to come back. I mean, the blame can go either way. Uh, Chris Paul missing the missing that game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the ref the ref the ref calls that were being called there, or the the lack of calls for the Houston Rockets. Um, the the missing three pointers, or maybe some guys just straight up choked. I don't want to say that because I feel like that's a poor man's excuse. But you could point to maybe Trevor Ariza choking oh for 12 it's an excuse but uh, hey that's a very reasonable excuse he did choke you that is a very valid reason to say that you lost yeah i mean i will say trevor reza choke but i think james harden put together a good effort out there um but nonetheless i think the warriors were just the better team and i am just not never been a fan of mike d'antoni and Yet again, mm-hmm. he comes up short, and I think he will continue to come up short because this game proved the flaws in his system <laughs> and his stubborn ways is you live and die by the three, and he wasn't willing to change things up, and this team literally died by the three-pointer. Every three they shot just resulted in either a fast-break opportunity for the Warriors or easy offense for them. They literally just never really even forced the Warriors to figure because their offense was looking horrible that first half turnovers uh clay thompson was out for most of it because he got those quick three fouls and then they're shooting their dry spell and and from from three point just basically made this whole game so much easier for the the warriors and mike d'antoni and no single point in the game felt like he needed to adjust adjust the team plan to get this game get this game back under control yeah, I mean, Mike D'Antoni stated after game one, they the Rockets don't change their game plan for anything. They have one yeah. game plan, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. The Okay, let me let me think about what <laughs> player I need to talk about first. I, I need to talk about Ryan Anderson. I need to... 
Game seven. Oh my gosh. What Ryan Anderson played eight minutes. It felt like an eternity. I don't know why this guy was out there. He let himself get switched onto Steph Curry every play. Literally and every he fouled. play. And he fouled him. And or Steph Curry would just drive and make a layup or make a three. And on one play, I even saw Ryan Anderson just start to guard Steph Curry. He's like, might as well get a head start on this. I'm just going to get blown by again. I cannot understand why he was even in there for a minute if this Remember, is what was going to happen. When this series started, I said, will we even see Ryan Anderson at any point during this series? Oh, we shouldn't have. We really shouldn't <laughs> have. I don't know no. why he is, Why didn't they put in Mabamute at all? He's yeah, a great that, defender. He has good driving ability. He can shoot the three. He did it all with the Clippers. He was a great role player. Yeah. He didn't see any minutes in any of these games. But you have Ryan Anderson out here just losing your team the game. Yeah. Oh, I, I just didn't understand. He didn't even score any points. Why are you there? <laughs> and then, okay, yeah. Trevor Ariza. Let's, let's move on to Trevor Ariza. I mean, do okay. you want to say something about Ryan Anderson, though, too? I just wanted to say to his defense, I don't think he he should have even been given the hope that he was going to play in this series at all. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was basically useless as soon as the, I knew they were matching up with the Warriors. I mean, he can't do anything out there. Yeah, who's but yeah, guard? I just, I just didn't know. Ryan Anderson. Yeah, Boobin Monte, I'm surprised he didn't see any minutes. I mean, Joe Johnson, I don't know why he didn't see. I mean, we're not even talking like 15 minutes, like just 10 minutes. Give give your Rockets team a little bit of a breather. Don't just play six guys um, yeah. throughout the course of the game. And ultimately, I think that's what came back and bit them is the lack of legs in that second right. half of the game. The three-pointers, the three-point shot, um, say what you want analytics-wise. It makes sense, I guess, but... In the game, really, if you're playing a game of basketball, three-point shot, it's a low-percentage shot, and it takes a, a, it can take a lot of amount of energy to shoot it, especially if you're trying to shoot it 12 times or 10 times in a game, or as a team, you're shooting 40 of them. Yeah, but the crazy thing was they just choked. Like, a lot of those threes were open, like wide yeah. open, like... And they, they just bricked them. Like, some of them didn't even hit the rim. I see it hit the, like, other side of the backboard and just, like... <laughs> Eric Gordon they, shot. Yeah, the Eric Gordon shot. It's like, how yeah. like how are they missing this badly? Like, this is a good shooting team. Then they just, they honestly choked. I mean, I didn't even remember that Trevor Ariza was playing in this game. He did <laughs> nothing. Like, this might be worst performance of the year award right here. <laughs> like, we had some bad ones over the course of the regular season. This might be the worst. Like zero for twelve shooting, nine zero of nine three pointers, no free throws, no points in forty one minutes. And this is Trevor yeah. Reza. This is not a scrub. This is not a yeah. rookie. This is a bona fide NBA veteran who's been here before. He's been in this at this level. He's been an NBA champion. Yeah, and you're gonna tell me. That you just completely disappear. That is ridiculous. I can't. I don't understand it at all. I forgot he was playing. Yeah, I mean, I I won't I won't take the choking angle. I just think this team really just ran out of gas. I think they were gasping for air out there, and that's why they couldn't hit these. Sh- yep. You know what? I will take that back. There probably was a combination of choking because there were some wide open shots, but mo- most of it I think just had to do with this team just running out of gas and. Mike D'Antoni just not 
he should have switched things up. I mean, why were why were yeah. why was Eric Gordon not driving the ball? Why was James Harden not driving the ball? Why were they not going for some mid mid range shots? Try to get something easier going towards the basket. I mean, there's a reason why Trevor Ariza shot zero free throws in this game, and yeah. the, the the Rockets couldn't have asked for a better script for them. Clay Thompson was not there. The entire first half, the Warriors finished the game with 16 turnovers, with most of, most of those coming in the first half. The Rockets finished with only 12. So the the Warriors were having a horrendous game to start things off. <laughs> I mean, Steve Kerr basically skipped that quarter interview thing they do on TV. Right, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he he knew what was on the line, and his it was very real that the Rockets could have walked away with a win. Um, yeah. It, it just kind of sucks that they went down this way. Up. Yeah, it yeah, it they had such a good chance of 11 at going into halftime. You're like, "Wow, mm-hmm. could this actually happen?" But it, at yeah. that point, it still felt even for some stupid yeah. reason. Rockets being <laughs> up 11 means that it's a 50-50 game. Warriors being up yeah. 11 at half means the game is over. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> and but yeah, I I agree, man. Like Dan Tony Really, yeah, the weakness was there. You have a man in Chris Paul that plays 40-plus minutes for you on a normal game, and you don't mm-hmm. replace him with anyone on the bench. You don't bring in anyone. You bring in Ryan Anderson for a few minutes. That's your strategy. Yeah. That is so bad. I can't understand it at all. Like, how are yeah. you going to make up for him? The Cavs made up for Kevin Love being out by giving Jeff Green more minutes. What do you yeah. do when your all-star player goes out? Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense. And you could just tell that the Rockets were just so spent. And that's probably why they didn't drive so much is they're, they're so tired. <laughs> and they had no one right. spelling them at all. No, they don't spend as much money on their bodies as LeBron James does. So they can't handle that amount of game time. Yeah. What a contrast here. And I mean, I hate to say this because I don't want to say James Harden should have been like LeBron James. Like LeBron James played 46, 46 minutes in that game seven and was basically going after it the entire time, both on defense and offense. And James Harden was playing pretty, was actually trying on defense in this game as he did in game six as well. So that was uh, surprising. But we see the contrast there. LeBron James, um, with 40 minutes still in his body, he's still hitting dagger threes, driving yeah. the ball. Playing hard defense, going after blocking Terry Royce, chasing down Terry Royce there when he was when, yeah. what looked to be a <laughs> wide open dunk. Um, James Harden yeah. on the other end though turns the ball over, uh, misses the wide three pointer, um, can't make the pass, and it sucks. But um, we basically saw in in Boston we saw a superhuman takeover game seven. <laughs> in um back in Houston, James Harden was simply just human. I think. Yeah. And yeah, here's something else about James Harden. It it was pretty apparent that the refereeing was pretty terrible for this game. Yeah. It it was not very good. They were letting them play, but that's I feel like as an NBA player, you have to adapt to that. And James yeah. Harden did a terrible job adapting to it. He was still trying to flop, still trying to right. get his his three point fouls. Like if the guy would try to reach in a little, he'd try to go up and he'd just chuck it up and there's three or four times that he tried to do it and they didn't call the foul and he'd just look over at the ref all frustrated. At that point, like yeah. at some point you have to realize like I'm not going to get these calls. I yeah. cannot go for the foul. I have to just try to make a shot, you know? 
Yeah. And like, exactly. Yeah. yeah if, if I'm the, if I'm the potential probable MVP, I have to figure out a way out of this situation. And he never really did. Yeah. And the worst part about it is both of those plays resulted in a fast break point for the Warriors yeah. on the other end. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a swing of points there. And it is, I can see it is extremely frustrating to me as a fan. And I'm sure it is as a player is that, you don't the play the calls that you get in the regular season you don't get in the playoffs and then let alone in a game seven you don't get those calls even more um yeah. and it can be frustrating i can see that but i guess it just it is what it is um i don't know if the nba will ever do anything about that and so. it's it yeah it's it is frustrating and i guess at the end of the day that's what you have to do as a player is you have to you have to adjust yep Man, yeah, there you go. But sh- th- congratulations, Warriors. Is that what we're going to say at the end of all this? Like, we've been talking <laughs> about all the Rocket stuff, like, this whole time. I mean, yeah. but, yeah, good job, Warriors. I guess you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the big question here, if we're going to sit on hypotheticals, is if CP3 wins, or if CP3 was healthy, would we? Have, would they have walked away with the win? That's a definite maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this Warriors team is just so good. Um, so this is what I d- observed at the start of this game seven is it was pretty clear that the the Rockets. Um, I mean, both there was nerves on both sides, and I think the Rockets went in there with the energy um, and realized that they're undermanned and they were going to have to play some hard defense and get physical. And it's what they did in the first quarter. They forced a bunch of turnovers and they made it hard for the Warriors. The Warriors, though, went out there and kind of looked very nonchalant and very relaxed, yeah, um, which kind of totally went did. against them, went against them in the first quarter. But ultimately, it's what helped them in the end, at the end of the game because they kept their composure and hit some, some big shots. Yeah, uh, that man, Steve Kerr must have great halftime speeches. Like <laughs> The Warriors' third quarters are always insanely good. Espe- I mean, yeah. it's especially apparent in games six and seven. Uh, of this series and i think I, I don't know i don't know if it's just like a mental thing where like i just got to get to halftime and then like now i can start playing it just seems like yeah. that's like the mentality they've chose to have um in a lot of these games it's been working out for them so far i don't see it not working out for them in the finals i feel like they could pretty much get away with the same thing um, yeah yeah so so, there you so go. here we are cavaliers Versus Warriors, the first time in all major sports that two teams will meet for four consecutive years. Um, so Andre Iguodala has just wow. been officially ruled out for game one. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> what is Cavs going on here? Now. I mean, <laughs> do we even give a chance to the Cavs? Uh, 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 I honestly uh, am go- I'm going with game five, and I hate to say it because it's what everybody seems to be going with, and it seems to be the more safer bet. But I just can't see them walking out with a with more than one win in this series. No. I just what do you? I don't even see how it's possible that they win this series. I just don't understand how. Like there was no way the Celtics were gonna beat the Warriors, and the Cavs just had to like barely beat the Celtics because LeBron mm-hmm. James gave everything he had. Yeah, you cannot do that again against this team. This team understands LeBron better than anybody else. They've played him yeah. for three consecutive finals before this. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't even know if we need to talk about anything. 
this is, this is it, man. Like we're we're gonna talk about it next week. It might even be over by the time we get to the podcast next week. Yeah, I guess like the only thing I could see is all of a sudden Ronnie Hood starts averaging twenty points. Jordan Clarkson They're not even gonna play Rodney Hood. Gets back to eighteen and something. <laughs> shoots forty percent from three. Jeff Green. Kevin Love starts going back to all star first team all star level. Or first team all NBA. Has level. Kevin Love been cleared? Do we know? Not yet. He's still yet. in the concussion protocol. Okay. Yeah, um, that's pretty sketchy. So he yeah, he might not even be there <laughs> for game <laughs> okay, one. Okay, so here, here's, get, here's a fun question. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a little bit of fun out of this. How many okay. points combined do the new acquisitions for the Cavs average in the finals? So that's Hood, Clarkson, Nance, and Hill. How how much do they average points wise for this series? Um, I'll give them. I'll give them thirty eight. What? Thirty eight? Actually, no. Never per mind. Game? There's four of them. <laughs> how many did you think there were? Like ten. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm giving them like 15. 15? No, I won't. Go, I wouldn't go that. No, I'm gonna say 30. Yeah, I'll go what? 30. I think there will be no. a lot of garbage time in there. No, yeah, not enough. <laughs> dude, 15. I could see. I could see it being 30. 15. George Hill get like nine. Clarkson I can see get George three. Hill coming out with 15. Nance isn't gonna play a game, and Rodney Hood will play like two games. <laughs> I don't think Ronnie Hood would play very much, but I could see George Hill going for 15 a couple times. A couple uh, Jordan times. Clarkson. But yeah. Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance splitting that uh, that next 15. <laughs> I could luck, see it. Man. I'm a little bit more optimistic, I think. Clarkson, what has Clarkson done that's like led you to believe he's going to do anything? I think he's coming out against his boy Nick Young. That's going to be the interesting oh, matchup. That, Who that, will win the matchup between Nick Young that much? You never know, man. There's going to be a couple blowouts in this series, and who best to play during garbage time than Nick Young, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance? <laughs> yeah, that could kind of be a fun little storyline. You know, former Lakers finally making the championship, playing against each other in garbage time. Yeah. I kind of just want this series to just kind of give us at least two good games, and then let's yeah, just kind of end it, and let's get, let's get into free agency because – I think that's Dude, where things are going to get so interesting. Fun last year, when we started this off, that was fun. I'm excited to do that again. Yeah. Do we during think LeBron turn, averages the... a triple double this this finals? Mm-hmm. Not sure. I don't even know. Like, I, what? I wonder what he's thinking. Like, is he even like? I mean, does he come out full throttle game one? They get blown out by 25. <laughs> like, does he even like still? try um, i don't do think we... he comes out full throttle game one he usually uses that as like a scouting game not that he really needs it against the warriors he did it against the celtics what's though. changed he, did, he didn't really yeah. do anything game one against the celtics um so I, I feel like it'll be the same thing yeah i mean the real reason is that in game one against the celtics i mean he came out playing good the rest of the team played awful and they got and they got blown out pretty yeah. He he just de- he decided pretty early on in the second quarter. It seemed that he just did not <laughs> just think this team was going to even walk away with the yep. team with He's the like, win. I'll save my energy for Game Seven. 
when he's in game yeah. one. <laughs> what do you think the margin is in game in game one? Warriors win and how by and how much? Uh Warriors by eighteen. Eighteen. I don't know why, it's really specific, but <laughs> <laughs> that is a specific number. That's what I'm going with. I think I'm gonna go with twenty five. Yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> this is sad, man. This is what a such a sputter to the end of the year. We're like, those conference finals were so good. Yeah, I wonder if LeBron James goes for that triple double if he can walk away as the NBA Finals MVP. No, he did. It. He had a triple double average last year, and he didn't get NBA Finals MVP. You, you have he? to be on the yeah. You have to be on the winning team to be the Finals MVP. Not if LeBron James averages a triple-double. They might just completely no, change the rule just no, for him. They wouldn't. They would not. He did it. I'm pretty sure he did it last year. Huh. Yeah. Maybe. No, it didn't. Yeah, okay. It wasn't even close. Didn't. Yeah. A lot of people were saying – I remember a lot of people were saying he should be finals MVP because he is clearly the best player on the court. But yeah. it doesn't matter. It, it's like the real MVP thing. It's like – the wins are what matters. That's why James Harden's going to win it. Otherwise, it should be LeBron. Yeah. Here's an interesting question. So, LeBron James is probably the best player in this series. Where's Kevin Love? Is he the sixth best player in this series? Ooh. Man. I, I Maybe seventh. He might be the seventh. Would, like, maybe put the whole Warriors starting lineup if you're putting Andre Iguodala in. <laughs> 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 I don't know about that. I would say six. LeBron, Durant, Fine. Curry, Thompson, yeah, Green, six. and then Love. You can give him six for the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I don't know. What I, a, <laughs> what a just, matchup here. I, I just have no I have nothing to say about this, man. You know what you know what? Can we let's get to this final thought, yeah? Yeah, let's close this okay, off. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've seen this video of Kyle Kuzma not. doing a really weird spoof of play a hater's ball. Which is a Chappelle Ooh. show thing. You can watch oh, it. Oh, right? I haven't seen it. it I'll watch it. I'm it I is, have it on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Give me let me see your reaction to this. <laughs> so <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> We'll post this in the description, of course, so you guys can watch it as well. I don't know if you want wow, to, though. So it's, it's pretty weird. So he's, just, <laughs> he's just roasting on Lonzo Ball, his own teammate. Yeah, his own teammate. Oh, man. He's, he's hating, you know. He's, <laughs> I don't know. This is this is such a kid's thing, man. I think we're too old for it. <laughs> yeah. This is what I the love kids how he do says, on Instagram. <laughs> Lonzo's Ball's face looks like a... Uh, a slice of fried a d- a deep pe- a dish, pepperoni pizza. Deep dish. dish pepperoni pizza, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, all right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, next week, we'll be we'll be back at it with updates of perhaps some more interesting NBA finals. Maybe we're both wrong and the Cavaliers actually win game one um, and get a hot start off on this series. And, and we actually end up with a six-game series or a seven-game NBA final series. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think the Lakers are gonna sign Allen next year too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>